0: All dressed up and nowhere to go. How many of us have not been in that situation? Today I'm reading to you Limitless Love by Gloria Copeland. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great love. Thank you for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord God, that you restore our sanity. You restore our souls. You restore our... Your presence in our lives, Lord, what is vital. Just as Moses said to the Lord, we will not go unless your presence goes with us. So, Lord, we will not read unless your presence go with us. Listen. We will not listen unless your presence is here, Lord. Please give us that request. Let your presence go before us. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, Father, thank you for giving us eternal life through your Son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for making us whole and all the promises. Some of the supplies are not here yet, but they will come if we should have them. They will surely come in Jesus' name. Amen. All right now, reading Limitless Love, all dressed up, nowhere to go. For as the rain cometh down, and the snow from heaven, and return not tither, but watereth the earth, and maketh it, it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish that which I pleased, and it shall prosper in the thing where I send it. Isaiah fifty-five, ten and 11. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return, but it waters the earth and it brings, makes it bud and bring forth seed that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be the same that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the things where I send it isaiah fifty five ten eleven If you say what God says about love, the Bible absolutely guarantees you will see the results in your life. Stubborn personality traits you thought you could never change, will start to soften. Unloving habits that seem unbreakable will begin to disappear if you will dare to put 1 Corinthians 13 in your mouth and faithfully say, I am patient and kind. I'm never envious or jealous. I am not conceited or rude. I don't act unbecomingly or insist on my own way. I'm not touchy and I don't take account Of a suffered wrong. Speaking God's word activates spiritual law. When it comes out of the mouth, it accomplishes what it was sent to do. It prospers and brings forth the plan of God in our lives. Yes, I know, you might say. I heard that before. Maybe so, but what are you doing about it? Are you acting on it? Are you doing what you know to do? We all have to check up on ourselves in that area because it's easy to slip out of active faith and into mere mental ascent. We can get the idea that just because we agree with the word and we want it to work in our lives, that our job is done. We get busy with other things and neglect to do what the Bible tells us to do. Eventually, we will look up and realize we're not making any spiritual progress. That reminds me of something that happened to Ken and me years ago that I'll never forget. We were doing a... We got into an elevator. We were heading from our hotel room to our way to preach a meeting. In the elevator, we were so caught up in conversation. We weren't really paying attention to what we were doing. In a few minutes, (laughs) we looked up to see what floor we were on and realized the elevator hadn't moved at all. We were in the same place we started because we either hadn't pressed the button or without thinking we had pressed the button for the floor we were already on. There we were, all dressed up and going nowhere. Don't let that happen to you in the area of love. Don't get all dressed up with knowledge from the word about the love of God within you and then end up going nowhere. Lift the word back to, to the Lord. Lift the word back up to the Lord. Confess it and step out in on it so it can accomplish what it was sent to do in your life. Amen. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should pray for it, it will surely come. Amen. Our next scripture is Psalm 34, verses 9 through 10, and the title of the scripture is, Don't Think Like a Beggar, by Gloria Copeland. O oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for there is no one to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. I'm reading to you from the book called Limitless Love, 365-day devotional by Kenneth and Gloria Copeland. But they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Our Heavenly Father loves us so much, He has promised we'll never be in want. He has given us His word that we won't lack any good thing. But instead of believing His promises and receiving them by faith, its benefits Most Christians are living like orphans who have no one to take care of them and meet their needs. We ought not to live like orphans when we were children of God. We shouldn't think like beggars, even if we're short of funds. We shouldn't look at our financial situation and see ourselves in lack. We ought to see ourselves by faith. We ought to trust what the Bible says and see ourselves as richly blessed children of a living and giving God. When shortage rears its ugly head in our lives, we should see it for what it is, an attack of the devil who is trying to steal the blessing by undermining our faith. Instead of doubting God's love and faithfulness, we should rebuke that lying devil and say, Lack, I resist you in Jesus' name. You get out of my life. I don't have to live with you because you're a curse and I'm redeemed from the curse. God has redeemed me from poverty and lack. He abundantly supplies my needs. I remember the first time I did that. Ken and I had been leasing a home and were believing God for the money to buy it. We had a year to come up with the purchase price and in the natural, it looked like we wouldn't be able to do it. Lack just kept dogging our lives. Suddenly, as I stood in the living room of that house, looking out the window and thinking about the situation, the revelation of God hit me. I thought about how God, in His great love, had delivered us through the plan of redemption from all the depression of the devil. I thought about how He had redeemed us from the sickness and disease, poverty and lack. Then I realized I hadn't been resisting lack like I had been sickness and disease. When sickness attacked our family, I fought it tooth and nail. I hit it with the word and with faith until it fled. Instantly, I knew I had to do the same thing with lack. From that day on, I took on an aggressive stand against it. I took hold by faith what my Heavenly Father had promised me and started declaring, Lack, you get out of my way. My God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I don't mind telling you we paid for that house and we've been paying for several more since then. I don't live like an orphan anymore. I don't like I don't let the devil make me a beggar. I live in the blessings of my father's love. Amen. Please say this after me, say The supply for it is not here yet, Father, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. And then say, My daddy is rich and the whole world knows it very well. Again, My daddy is rich and the whole earth knows it very well. Amen. Say with me, Lord, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come if we should have it. It will surely come. Amen. Our next scripture is Psalm 3527. When God has a good time. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause yeah, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Psalm 35:27. Let's go ahead and say that with me. Say, "Let the Lord be magnified, which has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants." Psalm 35:27. Don't let anyone make you feel bad for stepping out in faith and believing for God to bless you. Don't let people put you down for standing on God's promises and looking to Him to put food on your table, money in your bank account, and provide for all all that you need to do every good work He has called you to do. God isn't insulted by that. He isn't offended that you would expect that of him. Other people might be, but he isn't. God is honored when you believe his word. He is pleased by it because your faith opens the door for him to do good things for you. He loves you, so he takes pleasure in prospering you. I decided a long time ago that I wanted God to get plenty of enjoyment out of me. I decided I would keep on believing him for prosperity in every area of my life. That way he could have a really good time. Of course, the devil had pressured me and tried to talk me out of it every step of the way. He's brought me circumstances and trials designed to make me doubt God's faithfulness and love. He's tried again and again to make me give up and quit. He'll do the same thing to you. Why? Because he knows that if he can't make you doubt the love of God and stop you from believing his promises, you'll end up with a testimony that would inspire faith in others. People around you will see God's love at work in your life and they'll start trusting him too. Years ago, when I first read in the Bible that God would take care of me, I it, it didn't look like I would ever be treated to the devil. When I began to believe God for grocery money and other basics of life, I didn't know my fate would ever affect anyone but me. But in the years since, Ken and I have had the opportunity to tell thousands of people about God's love and faithfulness. We share the stories of what God has done and is still doing for us. Don't you know the devil hates that? But then, who cares what he thinks? God is the one we want to please. He is the one we love, and he loves us to prosper us. So let us just keep on believing his word. Let's, let's bless him by letting him bless us. That way we all have a wonderful time. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is the one who wants to please, okay? He is the one who who we love and he loves us to prosper. That's what the word says. So let us just keep on believing his word with a tambourine. Let's bless him by letting him bless us. That way we all have a wonderful time. Okay, please say with me, the supply for it is not here yet, but it will come. If we should have it, it will surely come. And then we speak to Lack. We say, Lack, you get out of my way. My God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Say, We let the Lord be magnified in this place who has pleasure in the prosperity of our lives. Amen. Say it again. We let the Lord be magnified in this place who has pleasure in the prosperity of his loved ones. Amen. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. All right. Our next scripture is, it's called The Best Way to Bless the Lord. And that's found on Genesis 6, Five and six verses and eight and nine verses. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was an only evil continually. The Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. But Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a righteous man, blameless in his time. Noah walked with God. All right. The Best Way to Bless the Lord by Gloria Copeland. Once you begin to understand how much God loves you, your love for him will naturally increase. You'll want to give to him and bless him. You'll want to do all that you can to express your affection and gratitude towards the one who has done so much for you. But what can you give to God, who is already the creator and possessor of everything? How can you bless the source of all blessings? You can walk with Him by faith. You can be one of those rare people who honors Him by believing what He says and stand fast on His word, even when it contradicts what is seen in the natural world. Despite the taunts of the devil and the criticism of skeptics, this person says, I believe my heavenly father. I have his word and I will trust it no matter what happens. I will not let go of it. I will not let it go. Amen. That's the kind of man Noah was when God told him a flood was coming and instructed in a an ark no one had ever seen rain before. The earth had always been watered from beneath. So when Noah began to preach about the coming flood and prepare for it by constructing a boat the size of a football field, no doubt people laughed at him. They probably made fun of crazy old Noah and labeled him a fanatic. Year after year went by and Noah kept building. There were probably no storm clouds in the sky either, no indication in the natural world that what God said it would ever come to pass, but Noah wasn't moved by that. He just kept believing and obeying God. The rest of the world was in the dark, but when the floods came, Noah and his family weren't in the dark. weren't in the dark. They were in the ark. If you truly love the Lord, that's the way you'll live. When you see something in His Word, you'll obey it in faith. When you read, for example, that God loves a cheerful, generous, prompt-to-do-it giver and rewards them with abundance, you won't stop giving just because your bank balance doesn't skyrocket overnight. You'll just keep acting on the Word and trusting the Lord. You'll do it because you love Him. You'll do it because you believe Him. You'll do it because you want to bless Him. He'll appreciate it too, the Bible says, His eyes go to and fro throughout the earth looking for someone like that. He found one in Noah. And if you truly love him, he will find one in you. Amen and amen. One more, one more. Losing sight of ourselves. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to shame the things which are strong, and the base things of the world, and the despise God has chosen, the things that are not, so that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God, but by his doing you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. First Corinthians 1, 27, 31. Let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Again, that he may nullify the things that are, so that no man may boast before God. But by his doing, You are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, and righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 and 31, New American Standard. Most people think the opposite of love is hate. But it might be just as accurate to say that the opposite of love is selfishness. Love causes us to focus on others. Selfishness causes us to focus on ourselves. That's why the very thing we must do to successfully work, walk in love excuse me is to stop looking at ourselves and start looking at God. We must cease being self-centered and start being God-centered. We must give up self-confidence and gain God-confidence instead. Actually, it is a great relief just to admit that what the Bible says about us is true. On our own, we're nothing. We are weak, foolish, and base. What's more, that's why God called us. He likes to take people who are incapable of doing anything worthwhile on their own and enable them to do great things by His power. He likes to take ordinary heathen vessels and display His glory in them. How does He do it? How does He do do that? He makes us new creatures in Christ Jesus. He gives us His righteousness, His holiness, His wisdom, His ability, His redemption. He puts His own spirit inside of us so instead of looking to ourselves, we can pen We can depend on the greater one who dwells within us. The greater one that dwells within. For Jesus said, I have come that I may give you life and give you life more abundantly. In the process, we lose sight of ourselves. Insecurity and self-consciousness become a thing of the past. We discover it doesn't really matter what we are. It doesn't matter how smart or talented we are. We just keep our eyes on Jesus, knowing that by His Spirit, He will give us the ability to do whatever God tells us to do. As we start centering our lives around God, we'll we'll automatically stop focusing on what pleases us and start focusing instead on what pleases Him. We won't spend our time thinking, what do I want? What will make me happy? We'll be seeking the Lord to find out what He wants us to do. We'll be concerned only but what makes Him happy. You know, before I even tell you what that is, it's love. When our lives become God-centered instead of self-centered, our primary purpose will be to live the life of love. Not in our own power and ability, but in His We'll stop worrying about ourselves and let our weaknesses be transformed by his strength. Then we'll give him all the glory. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. We give you all the glory and the honor. And let us boast about the Lord. He is our King and our God. Amen and amen. Limitless Love by Gloria and Kenny Copeland. Don't let the devil choose for you. Choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. Again, choose you this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15. 1 John 3.9 tells us that if we are born again, God's nature abides within us. We have His love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, faithfulness, and self-control. We may not be acting on those things, but we have them within us nevertheless. What we must do is make a choice. We must decide if we will yield to the nature of God within us or the pressure of the flesh and the world around us. We must choose whether to live in love or in strife, in joy or in sadness, in peace or in turmoil. Some Christians never bother to do that. They just drift along in life waiting to see what happens. They wish and wonder and hope they'll somehow end up living a life of love, but it never happens. Whenever I think about that, I remember an advertisement that ran some years ago promoting a particular long-distance telephone service. In it, the announcer said, if you don't choose a long-distance company, a choice will be made for you. That's the way the devil is with us. If we don't make a choice, he will make one for us. He will push and pressure us into yielding to the flesh so he can lock us into a life of sin. He doesn't really have the power to do it because the Bible says that when we were born again, sin lost his dominion over us. Our old man is dead, and we don't have to allow the flesh to rule our lives anymore. But it will if we don't choose to act on the spiritual forces within us and a decision to serve the Lord. That's why we're not just going to wake up some morning without any effort and discover you accidentally started walking in love. No, day after day you must make a conscious choice to do it. I do that almost every morning during my prayer time. I deliberately make a choice to yield to the fruit of the Spirit that day. Usually before I ever see or speak to another person, I make it a point to draw near to the Lord and make my determination, I say, Lord, I'm going to be love ruled today. I'm going to let joy and peace flow out from within me. I'm going to have a good day today. I don't wait until I'm in trouble and facing a dilemma before I make that choice. I don't wait until I'm already half mad before I try to decide whether I'm going to walk in love or not. I make my choice ahead of time. Then, when the challenge comes, God himself backs me up. He gives me the grace and strength to act on that choice I made that morning. He gives me the power to live out his life. Amen. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we choose to be good. We choose to be righteous. We choose to be sanctified. We choose to be wise in Christ Jesus. We choose to be holy. We choose to be redeemed, Lord. We choose for to your love that you may love us and that we may express your love in this world. Lord, we give over to you that you may fix us, fix our hearts with love, fix our minds with love, fix our souls with love in Jesus mighty name. Amen. October 17, limitless love. That was October 16 I just read. This one's by Gloria. Develop your vision of love. Proverbs 29:18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Proverbs 29:18. If you diligently study what the Bible has to say about love, it will give you a vision for your life. It will give you an inner image of who you are on the inside so you can grow up into that person of love God designed you to be. Meditating on scriptural truth about love will do for you the same thing. Watching training videos of highly skilled athletes will do that for the person who is a novice to a sport. Meditation on these truths give you a picture of what success actually looks like so you can see yourself in that light. Those of us who didn't grow up in homes governed by love desperately need such a vision because we don't see love demonstrated when we were young. We have a tough time visualizing ourselves working in it. Even though we were born again and want to follow the promptings of our new nature, because of those old mental images, we often slip into the unloving habits we develop as kids. That's why we must diligently work to replace those images with the images of love from the Bible. That's why we must do whatever it takes to keep the Word in the forefront of our thinking until the vision of love is fully developed there. When we see in ourselves something control to it, contrary to it, excuse me. When we see ourselves something, when we see in ourselves something contrary to it, we must be brutally honest about it. We must let the word connect us while refusing to allow the devil to condemn us. When we see we're not living to our vision of love, we must say, Lord, I see I've been wrong there. I repent of that unloving way, help me to change, then we can rejoice, assured that the Holy Spirit, who is our helper and lives within us, will enable us to make the necessary changes and do the will of God. If you find certain unloving habits more difficult than others to break, write down that part of your vision and put it on the mirror and the refrigerator and the dashboard of your car put forth some extra effort to keep that image of love in front of you. If you spend a lifetime being hard-headed and stubborn, you might want to write out the words, I do not insist on my own rights or my own way. I walk in love and post them on your nightstand so you can go to sleep with that vision in your mind at night. That may sound extreme, but the fact is, changing a lifestyle takes some work. It takes writing things down, keeping them in your memory and in front of you and diligently imprinting them on your mind. If you do it, the vision of love will be, become such a part of you that eventually I will take it will take you over your life. It will take over your life and you'll begin to walk in it unconsciously. You'll happily and habitually keep the law of love. The way I did it is another reading by Kenneth Copeland. He said, if you need financial help, read 1 John 1-5 through on a daily basis. And if you really need financial help, read it mo- evening, morning, and noon. Evening, morning, and noon. About 15 minutes each. And you'll have... Financial prosperity, because prosperity follows love. It doesn't follow you working hard here and there. It follows the love of God. Prosperity follows the birth of love through the word, through reading the word. Amen. There's no other way, folks, but to read the word of God and enjoy the milk and cookies that God gives us. All right, one more. October 18, Limitless Love by Gloria Copeland. No substitute for fellowship. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. 1 Corinthians 15.33, New International Version. Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Why is it that bad company corrupts good character? It's because we are influenced by our associations. When we habitually fellowship with negative people, before long we find ourselves thinking and talking negatively. When we habitually fellowship with positive people, we soon become more positive and optimistic. That's why if you want to walk in love Spending time in fellowship with God is the very best thing you can do because He is so perfectly loving. The more you associate with Him, the more loving you become. The more you listen to His voice and attend to His word, the more naturally kind of loving your word will be. Without you, you're you even realizing that His nature will begin to rough off on you. His influence will bring up those qualities within you which come from Him. You will naturally begin to walk and talk and act in love. Have you ever been around someone who was raised in an area of the country where people speak in a very distinctive way. If that person moves away after they're grown, they often lose much of their original accent. They begin to speak more like the people in the area where they're living now. But put them in a group of people from their hometown before long, their speech will change. The old accent will be back as strong as ever. The influence of the people from home will naturally bring out the old familiar tones and phrases they used growing up. Suddenly, without even trying, they'll soon sound again like the person they used to be. That's what happens to us when we fellowship with the Lord. His presence and His divine personality so so us that without even trying, we are comforted to the image of Jesus. We start acting on the outside like who we are on the inside a new creation born with the nature of God. Our author who understands that principle was Don O'Gee in his book, The Fruit of the Spirit, he wrote. Loss of communion is the explanation of most of our failures in spiritual fruit bearing. And no amount of Christian work or even exercise of Christian gifts can ever be a substitute for work walking with God. It is encouraging to remember that sustained communion with Christ in our daily walk produces the fruit of the Spirit unconsciously. Others see it before we do, and it is better so. Keep that in mind the next time your schedule gets hectic and you'll find yourself too busy to spend time with the Lord. Remind yourself that His company is what produces the fruit of the Spirit. Only his fellowship can bring out his love in you. Amen and amen. Only the fellowship of God can bring his love in you. And his riches on earth, favors follow the love of God. Treasures too. Amen.